This is the Oil Country Podcast. Presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Hello, 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 Oilers fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Oil Country Podcast. Presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Kyle, my dude, how are you doing today? Yeah, all right. I'm over the Oilers being out of the playoffs. I've watched some decent hockey now um, that I wish we could have been a part of, but I'm not over over it, but you know, I've recovered my sadness at least. The wounds are starting to heal a little bit. We'll try not to be so depressing today. Yeah. Is it just me or, I mean, I'm going to assume this is kind of all Oilers fans watching the flames lose and Toronto lose before that really helped me get over the Oilers loss. Maybe not get over it, but like you said, like feel a little bit better about it, start to recover. Yeah, the uh, Flames game in particular. I was laughing my ass off and that crumbled apart. <laughs> I, I almost wanted to reach out to Brad, but I'm like, oh, that's going to be a bad look. Well, we'll give him a couple weeks and then maybe we'll chat with him. <laughs> I don't know. I honestly, do you think he would have said yes? He probably would have told me to go fuck off. He were, probably would have been pretty angry when you texted him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I stayed clear on that one. <laughs> I mean, I do feel bad. I I mean, it'd, it'd be nice to have good hockey on both teams in Alberta, right? Like a, a yeah, good rivalry we're where we're bad, both good is better than when we're bullshit. Um, yeah. I mean, Calgary's got to do something, right? Uh, Monaghan or Gaudreau has got to be moved at this point, you think, right? Like it's been seven series now that their first round exit right minus the one with vancouver like yeah. it's uh, I, I think monahan's gone you think it's Monahan? i think it's Gaudreau. a bit older but i mean johnny had like a, a decent center. playoffs though he showed that he can he can still have an impact finally as he's kind of maturing but from what i, I saw I just, and reading from what flames fans are saying like monahan was just non-existent but that being said, I mean, I know, speaking of Brad, I know he is not happy with how um, Johnny Hockey's been playing really this year at all or in any of the playoff series. Well, I think like he put up, one of them put up 48 points and they're like 56 or something over the regular season. Um, yeah, which I mean, we're not really the team to talk about scoring and whatnot, but those are their stars. That's their McDavid and Drysettle of that team too, right? So, um yeah, I don't know. They got to do something there. Trilliving definitely has a summer where he's going to have to figure figure out what direction he wants to take that team. Um, I feel like there could be a somewhat quick rebuild that could happen there. I, I feel like, you know, uh, Dylan Dubay looks incredible, right? And uh, Manjapani. Like, they've got players that are coming up. For sure. Um, they just have to, to reassemble their core that they want to run with. And they, they, like you bring up, obviously, comparing them to them. And it is interesting that they obviously have way... Um, better depth than we do but their stars just don't produce when they need them to and we have the complete opposite of that problem so <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah maybe we need to form some alberta super team <laughs> but let's i do think not, that, please let's not no no i'm just no. joking i'll uh i would cry myself to sleep to have to join their team um i do like you bringing that up about uh Trilliving being being active. I could see both Ken Holland and Trilliving being two of the more 
you know, active GMs going into next year. But who knows when that season even starts? I mean, it's going to be, it's such a weird time, especially with the salary cap being flat. Like it's going to have to be money in money out deals. Not, you know, it's a lot harder to make those trades than being able to just flip prospects to teams for impact players. Cause 90% of these good teams that want to make that push us included are, you know, in between fairly tight to the cap to extremely tight to the cap. I wonder if, uh, if some teams are upping their investment in analytic departments, uh, with it being a flat cap like that and trying to go for the money ball strategy and finding the, you know, um, the stats that stand out to help their team in particular, right? Like for, for us, someone like we need more, more players that can get the puck off their uh, stick, right. And have a higher shooting percentage over the course of their career, but aren't studs, right. Someone that can slide in with McDavid that isn't going to cost a fortune. Can because, I interest like, you in no... one gently used Yessi Pugliarvi? <laughs> Someone like that probably works out perfect, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's going to be a very interesting offseason to see the trades that are made. And not just this one, right? The the next two in the future. And who even knows what happens with the cap after that? We have no law, uh, sorry, no idea how long this is going to affect the, uh, the NHL, right? So, um, yeah, crazy times, dude. Crazy times. We'll see. I'm going to say right now, I, I'm kind of stealing this take, I guess, but I saw a tweet that was saying that they didn't think the NHL was going to play unless they could get at least 50 to 75% capacity into the arenas. Do you believe into that or do you think there's a chance they go into next year doing a similar like no fans for a whole season? I mean, I think my first concern is if they even do a full season. I think trying to do 82 games in a bubble or however you try to plan it is it's going to be tough. Right. Um, but if they don't yeah. do a full season, do they consider just delaying? I mean, why wouldn't they delay this too? the playoffs? Cause I mean, you, they'd already invested so much in the season, right? So there yeah, is a difference fair. when you look at like this, you know, they're doing this to wind the season down it's a whole other ball game to, you know, start a season that way. Yeah. We kind of touched on it last week, I think, right. Where we, we talked about like players being away from their families for that long. Well, how many players will even sign up for a full season of playing hockey that's in a bubble or I don't know, like look, look what happened with baseball, right? Like even if they try to have fans at their stadiums and move around the country, that didn't sure you know, last long for a couple teams. It uh, they've been having issues their entire thing. It's still going on, but it's it's happening. And they didn't even right? have fans. Yeah. So you I want mean, 50 I to be seventy five percent capacity? Just, like it's it's crazy. I think you made the bet with hockey troll on the wrong season. To be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, there's all obviously the option of, you know, right now they're shooting for a December first start there's the option of moving that to February 1st. Like we're in such a fluid moment right now where everything is changing by the month that just to say they don't start in December, which personally I'm pessimistic that they do, but 
that doesn't mean that the next season of hockey just, you know, that they take a full year off. But speaking of taking a full year off, man, not really. That was a really, that was a really rough transition. <laughs> but I wanted to bring up that the Oilers are loaning some of their players and prospects to the Swedish Hockey League. Joachim Nygaard, Broberg, and Lavoie all heading overseas to Sweden to get some game reps in, which I mean, as a fan, I mean, that's a no-brainer, right? Like, especially where a lot of these guys are. I mean, Nygaard is the oldest of that bunch, but especially with Broberg and Lavoie, hopefully they can go over there and play some pretty substantial roles and, and get some experience while the league isn't playing through this fall, at least. Yeah, what's the plan for the AHL? Do you know? Last I heard, like, I'm still, they're, like, not running. Yeah. I, I, whether yeah. they whether they try and fire up in December when the NHL does, I mean, I haven't heard anything, but I think we're really, oh, yeah. like, we're not going to know until October whether that's even really feasible. For sure. But. I was just, uh, just, if that was an option, too, I just didn't, didn't, uh didn't have a clue on if there was a date yet but uh yeah, I haven't heard yeah obviously obviously good opportunities for all of them that's where they need to be um we've seen what Broberg could put out in the uh the game against Calgary and he looks solid he looks like he's gonna have a career in the NHL just needs uh, to work on a few few things right and get his game together and he'll be fine uh and then Lavoie we've seen him last at the rookie showcase he didn't make training camp right was he in it I don't believe so i think he was just showcased and then went back to to halifax before he was traded i think you're um, right yeah but uh but even him in that game obviously it wasn't against um nhl players um even though they are i guess but like real nhl players um he dominated that game i thought from the emerton perspective he was one of the best players on the ice for us uh, he's got a huge body that he likes to move around. So it'll be nice to see how he develops in the future here too. I think he's going to be a great second, third line center of the future for us. Yeah. I mean, or winger even, right? Like yeah. he's playing center. It'll be interesting to see what he plays in Sweden. Actually. I wonder if they'll mm-hmm. have him at center ice or out on the wing, but he's a guy too, that I remember when we drafted him, um, looking at his playoff stats, that's a guy that like steps up when the games mean some mean something, we which is something, something that we obviously need. like was wicked to see. Yeah, something that we need, right? Yeah, he had like twenty two goals in twenty five games or something like that. But um, before we, you know, switch away, you uh, bring up the Flames. I don't really want to talk too too much about them, but one of the things, man, that those. Um, Kachuk snippets of those videos of him reacting. Oh, that was priceless. That was giving me like a some kind of feeling in my uh in my in down south there. <laughs> yeah, I was telling you before we started how funny it was when he threw his hat off for the Garyanov hat trick, right? Just yeah, exactly. Support let it fly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I will I will never get tired of seeing that guy miserable. Like who yeah. And I know it, we talked about it before we uh, we started recording here too, but just to mention again how bad it looks when the players or management of a team isn't wearing a mask correctly. When yeah. realistically there's no need for them to be wearing a mask when they're in a bubble together, they're all getting tested and they're all negative. Um, 
it's just hilarious to be like if you're gonna make the effort just go all the way like what are you doing with this hanging off your face well and like can you imagine like let's just hypothetically say so if the flames advanced and i I, do you know which player was sitting next to him in the press box i i don't know i think it was Lindholm or something i'm not sure either but imagine like they're not wearing their mask properly and then all of a sudden one of them tests positive. I've got to imagine that the other player is now in self-isolation needing to get tested, which I mean, in reality, they're probably testing their whole team again as soon as anyone tests positive. But it is one of those things where like, yeah, you're getting tested regularly, but there's no a hundred percent guarantee. So, but it is, it's more of a sure. look. I mean, yeah. it's a, it's not a good look. Yeah. And didn't you say the wire of the mask that's supposed to go around your nose? Yeah, around your was nose, the press in was that around his neck. Yeah. 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 Like- it's the same thing with one of the girls that was throwing hats onto the ice, too, for the hat trick. She yeah. had it down low. And I was just like, how are all these people that are, you know, like you're in a bubble for COVID? You know, I like this and potentially is on TV. I am not even trying to be like the whole mask freaking argument thing it's just like you're supposed to be doing it on tv at the very least you know yeah <laughs> but that's yeah. just the do visual it of it isn't a good properly yeah <laughs> something else that's not a great look Kyle. that was a, see my my transitions a little better how about mike milbury so he has been kicked out of the bubble for his comment in the uh in the game in the previous series he made the comment quote not even any woman here did disrupt your concentration end quote which it was just kind of a boneheaded like tone deaf comment i don't even think that's close to one of the worst things milbury said but he's getting some serious backlash about that the nhl issued a statement to nbc publicly saying pretty much that they just condemned the insensitive comments um especially in like the current world man with how much social issues are going on the hockey is for everyone campaign. I mean, again, I'm I'm not excusing it. I really don't think the comment was that bad, but just probably not a smart thing to say when you're on live TV. Were you surprised I, by? I, I hate all of this, dude. I hate all of this. Like everybody hates Milbury. The thing that he said wasn't smart, and he's definitely said boneheaded things in the past. I I talked to you about the Muzzin thing off air. Yeah. Um. And he just talks a little bit too fast for his brain. I think like he doesn't realize that he's on live television. All those things I think are things that are said quite casually at any bar or whatever. And I get that the culture and society is changing, so it doesn't make those things right. But just to cancel like a guy his right on i don't i don't agree with it personally i don't agree with the decision uh, in i i get that it's changing that way and and hockey is for everybody and like if you had a a daughter or a wife who was watching hockey could be offended by that i i i get you know some sort of disciplinary action of it i i just don't think it's equivalent to a don cherry you people which is you know a little bit more extreme than 
you know, like you could say, uh, like, you know, there, there might be gay members that are playing hockey too. Like you could say there's no guys or girls to distract them. Like, I don't know what you need to say, but like, that is a thing having, you know, sex is a distraction, you know, like that's not a wrong thing to necessarily say, but how we phrase it, I guess like, it's just how no, fast the world's changing, dude. I don't know. That's that's uh, like, we're young and, and I, I don't know. It's changing too fast for me too. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> You're going to be one of those old guys on your porch being like back in my day. <laughs> Well, I mean, dude, I just think of like, you know, South Park episodes that came out 10 years ago that wouldn't fly today. Like Team America World Police. Like, do you think that movie gets made? You know, like there's, uh, it, I don't I mean, know. I That's the way society changes sense. and stuff. I get it. But it's just, it's like, wow, is it changing fast? Like, yeah. I think those yeah. movies change. Yeah. Like they would still happen in the sense just that like it's comedy where Milbury, although probably trying to make a joke, his, he's not in a position where it's like open open source or not open source, but like open expression comedy, right? He is a broadcasting professional. Those are, I would those say, have I would different say standards. Fair. And I don't think we need to get into this super deep conversation, but how many comedians have been cancel cultured to by things? Like oh, for sure. Stage? And I mean, let's so, be real. Yeah. I think the reason why I don't really have a problem with this is because I think Milbury should have been taken off the air years ago. And I think the same thing with uh, Jack Edwards and it's Don like, Cherry. And and Don Cherry, it's like, yeah. why are we keeping these dinosaurs around with not fresh opinions, bullshit stuff like this? And I mean, I think really the reason Milbury got, you know, canceled or kicked out or whatever you want to call it is the way that was interpreted. Because like, I agree with you, Kyle, when it comes to like, when you're talking about trying to accomplish a goal of winning the Stanley Cup, sex is a distraction. Like... It's, we don't need to get into some huge sexuality chat, but like, that's all he was really saying. Now, the way that was taken, and because Milbury is such a steez bag at times, it was taken in a, in a sense that it was demeaning to women, more or less saying all women are, are a distraction, right? Now, that's not how I interpreted it, interpreted it, (laughs) but I can see, you know, Maybe some that are a little bit more affected in that um, or some that maybe really, really don't like Mac Milbury could have taken it that way. But yeah, I mean, you look at like, is it, sorry, it's Jack Edwards, right? That said the comments about Shvechnikov's like ugly knee injury where you got tangled up, his knee literally bent the other way. And then, yeah, it was pretty much like, again, I don't have the quote in front of me, but was more or less like, that's what you get when you mess with Chara saying that he was antagonizing him. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. man, that's not a good look. Like, <laughs> don't be saying that when a dude just had like a really ugly knee injury. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I just think it's time the NHL, like they've, d- they've done some good things and I'll give them credit with this bubble. Like, I think they came up with some really good ideas to m- to make this work and be progressive, but there's still lots of progress, especially in the media side. I mean, You've got so many like young, fresh faces that are in media that have really good opinions and are very smart when it comes to the game of hockey. And it's still a lot of old but, dinosaurs. But dinosaurs. John, a lot of analysts in hockey are ex-players, which by definition are older people. I mean, I have no problem with that because I think they really add the... Um, I think they add that perspective, right? And but that that's, is needed, that's been right? who's been getting in trouble for the most part, right? 
I mean, Mike yeah, Milbury, when you look at Jeremy Roenick, Jeremy Roenick, Mike Milbury, yeah. I did like. Uh, I guess maybe Milbury you're, you're expecting people that, that have been like in a locker Edwards. room and and men's men to to. I don't, it's just yeah, I don't know. I agree with. Ah, man, it's a, I I hate this topic too. Like. <laughs> people just should be nice to each other i don't get it there's no hate in that comment i like there's so much that's taken from it that's that's no you're you know true. like the, you're, the, you're, the guy yes he right. he needs to clean up what he phrases and so do other people i i guess but like so much is taken from what one person says and overblown into like where did these words get put in that person's mouth i understand he's a hated person i don't fucking like the guy but i'm not out here campaigning on twitter everything that he says like oh that's racist that's that you know like it's like what what are we doing here guys like no i agree and i mean especially with like i agree in the sense of that the with cancel culture yeah now i'm just kind of like my i guess my point was is i think when you look at the guys that get in trouble for cancel culture is it's a lot of the like older dudes that are past their prime when it comes to broadcasting anyways now it was the same thing when, like, with Don Cherry. And now I think Don Cherry, like you said, his comments were vastly far worse than anything Mike Milbury said. But going back to when that happened, I said it then and I'll say it again. He should have been off the air like 10 years ago. Mm. And Mike Milbury well, said and I think Sportsnet was waiting for him to say something. And maybe NBC is too. Yeah. And this is their chance to get rid of him. Yeah. Jamie, or sorry, Jeremy Roenick felt slighted against like they took advantage of the situation to get him out of there too i mean maybe there's a bit of that happening but it doesn't change what what was right and wrong too but uh, yeah but yeah i i mean yeah i agree i i agree with everybody basically in the entire argument like i think everybody's right but everybody's also overreacting and wrong everybody's letting the emotional side of this get into it right yeah it's like you have to try and look at it objectively and objectively, what he said wasn't great, but I mean, I don't think a dude deserves to lose his job for that. That's it. But that's, I'm that's not going to be upset that Mike Milbury isn't working, so I don't think he's... And I'm also not going to go to bat for Mike Milbury. Like, that's not going to be my hill I die on, so... Yeah, no, not yeah. at all. <laughs> <laughs> what about Jeremy Roenick? you going to die on that hill? <laughs> I mean, he's at least a little cooler, but no. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's move on. I know you hate that topic, so let's move on. So... You know, looking at the second round, kind of ending the quote-unquote first round of the playoffs, not a single one of those series went to Game 7 with Vancouver beating St. Louis, which was a big surprise. I mean, I'm going to eat some words there. I've been saying that I didn't think they were going to go far at all. I didn't expect them to win the play-in series against Minnesota. I definitely didn't expect them to beat St. Louis. I'm still kind of in the same mind where I really don't think they have what it takes to make a deep run. That being said, I mean, they've got the goaltending. They've got a lot of firepower up front. So, I mean, I don't know. I think not taking, trying to take anything away from uh, Vancouver, even though I'm about to, is I think a lot more about that was how St. Louis played compared to Vancouver necessarily coming in and stealing that series. What do you think? Uh, I think Vancouver's played very well, but yeah, St. Louis didn't play great in their round robin play in, which those games aren't worth anything, which a lot of teams were having trouble getting going. But when the games did matter too, they 
we're not the same team that we're used to. Um, it's another one of those things we talked with uh, with Jared last week, right? Where it's so hard to call all the matchups that are happening right now because everybody's off their game and who's coming into it stronger than the other team just by the emotion that they're going to bring in. And Vancouver has been one of those teams that is young and wants to win, basically. Like, it's, I don't, I don't know. St. An, Louis didn't want it. Yeah. They're seeing an opportunity where this year it truly is anybody's cup. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, we talked about it last week, like you said. And I mean, I, I'm feeling really good about Colorado. They're currently down 3 1 to Dallas in the first game, which, I mean, I'm not going to read too, too much into, the, into that. But it really is of the eight teams left. It's anybody's cup. And you've got some, I mean, pretty big surprises in there. I mean, Canucks being the biggest one. Not as many surprises in the East, but obviously with the Islanders and Flyers, I mean, I guess, especially the Islanders, you can you can look at them, them as kind of a surprise. Especially how quickly they won that series in five games. Yeah. Washington just... That series is going to be interesting. Uh, I mean, Philadelphia was looking fantastic and did play great a couple of games in the series of Montreal, but Montreal also had three very close games. They didn't win in that Montreal could have took that series. I'm wondering how they play against the Islanders. I, I, I think that's going to be one of the most exciting series. I think um, it'll be an exciting round. in the sense that um, how close the games are likely to be. I think yeah, as far as the yeah. pace, it, you might see some pretty boring hockey, but I don't know. I could be completely wrong on that too. I just look at those teams and I'm like, I don't picture like super fast back and forth, but you'll see some pretty physical defensive hockey there, which yeah, hey, I'm not yeah. complaining about. Yeah. This is but the time I mean, otherwise it. Vegas, Vancouver, Colorado, Dallas, and Tampa Bay, Boston. I mean, that Tampa Bay, Boston series too sounds really good. Do you want to get into some um, predictions here? I'll kick it yeah, off. Let's do it. So that series you just brought up, I'm going to say Bruins in seven. I don't like, and I'm not very confident about that, to be honest. I think, I think Tampa Bay, this could finally be their year and win their first Stanley Cup since 2004, I mean. Um, but I'm going to take Boston in that series in seven. I take Boston in six. Boston in six, eh? So you're, you're fairly confident in Boston on that one? It's more my dad's a Boston fan, so I'm picking for him. Your dad also but, roots for the Flames, so. Yeah, I know. I made my 20 bucks. The only bet I've made. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> did better than <laughs> I did, that's for sure. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I, 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 Tampa Bay could easily win that series, too. Boston's first line when they go is just way too dominant. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going to be a barn got, burner series. There's a lot of speed in that. There's a lot of speed in man. Both those teams are so deep. Deep. I wonder how much to sorry Tuka Rass uh, departure is going to affect that series as well. You know what? I was just gonna say, I'm flipping. I'm saying Lightning in seven. <laughs> I forgot Tuka, Tuka was gone. And I, I'm gonna I mean, keep my I'm gonna keep my pick just for my dad. But yeah, I think I do think Tampa Bay is gonna win that series. I don't know how much of an impact. Like they definitely still have some like very a capable goaltender and a very capable team in Boston, but. I guess the re- my reasoning is that I was just like, I thought that series was going to be so close that I think Tuca, even though not being a huge, huge swing, I think that might be enough to make Lightning win that series. But okay, 
Islanders and Flyers. You go first this time. Um, Islanders and seven. Ooh, I have Flyers and seven. Are we throwing anything on this, Tyler? Or Jesus, God. Tyler? The fuck? How long? You I don't know. I, I man, I'm so bad with names, and I don't even know where. Like, you know, when you're thinking of someone else but talking to somebody, and you say they're like the person you're thinking about's name. That wasn't even the case here. <laughs> you know how many people call me Tyler? Is that actually a common occurrence? Yes. Like the only reason I can think of that my brain got its wires crossed there is I'm watching the Dallas Colorado game, and like maybe I thought Tyler Sagan. I don't know. I got no excuse. Yeah, people buddy. used to always call me like, "Oh, you're Taylor or Tyler," all the time, dude. I'm like, "Where is this coming from? Like, why is this a common thing?" Yeah. And you don't even really look like someone that I'd be like, "Oh, oh you really look like Tyler. a Tyler." Like, you look like a Kyle. Yeah. I could picture you with like a monster hat on and an energy oh drink God. in your Punching hand, punching drywall and shit, just carrying yeah. it, breaking the head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, definitely that's, me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Tyler, let's move on. <laughs> Canucks and I'm Golden kidding. Knights. I am taking Golden Knights in six. That was going to be my pick too. Vegas and six. Okay, doubling up. Huh. And Stars and Avs. I'm gonna go stars, stars, stars in, in six. Stars in six, eh? Okay, I will take. I don't think that's gonna happen at all, but I'm calling stars in six. <laughs> you don't think that's gonna happen, but you're gonna predict it. Yeah, I think <laughs> okay. that's gonna be the upset. Okay, I mean that's really, I guess other than the Canucks, that's really the only like series where there's a heavy favorite. Mm-hmm. I guess both like both series in the West. Yeah, it's been expected all season that it's going to be Vegas and Colorado that match up in the final, right? Oh, I think so that could be a wicked series. It's um, it's probably going to happen, but I'm going for the upset. I, I took will, Dallas over Cal- or Calgary. They proved me right. Take them again. I will take Avs in five. Now, it's currently 3-2 with like 13 minutes left in the second period of game one for the Stars. So I'm going to go against the, the early trend. Avs in five. Um, let's take a very quick break. We have a new podcast coming to the hockey podcast network. It is the Euro puck podcast with our boy, Boston Bruins podcaster, odd man rush. We've had him on this year. He was a great, uh, great conversation to be had, but, uh, awesome yeah, we've got a quick too. promo. Sorry. Go ahead. Go. I just said awesome YouTuber too. Yeah, man. He does some wicked series. I You got me into him and even before we started with the network. And uh, I know you were super stoked when you when you saw he signed with THPN as well. Yeah. Hello, bonjour, hello, hey, hiya and previet hockey fans. Welcome to the Euro Puck Podcast. The show where two blokes from Blighty talk about everything to do with European hockey as part of the Hockey Podcast Network. From the Russian KHL to the Swedish Hockey League, the Finnish Liga to the Swiss National League, the British Elite League to the Alps Hockey League, we talk about anything and everything European hockey. Catch our podcast every Friday from August the 28th, however you get your podcasts, and on the Europook Podcast YouTube channel. 
the Europuck podcast, giving you guys European hockey. I think that one could be a banger, Kyle. I might be checking that one out. Um, I was blown away, uh, actually, when he was on our podcast by how knowledgeable he was by NHL hockey. That was like my stereotype that nobody over there would know what they're talking about. Similar to like me talking about Champions League soccer, right? Yeah. But he uh, he knows everything, and 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 the like history of hockey too is pretty much his specialty. So. Yeah, he's he's very knowledgeable. Again, his YouTube channel, he does great. Uh, what is it called again? Where are they now? Players, right? Yeah. Where you'll take kind of players that used to have huge names, uh, maybe not huge, but you know, a, a well-known name, Christian Husalius or Alexander Semen or, or a player like that, and uh, dive into where they are now. It's he's he's awesome, man. Very big fan of that guy. Yeah, man, he's definitely a hockey history buff. Like. The amount we've learned from him just chatting and as well as listening to his or watching his YouTube channel, like he puts out great videos and definitely one of the more like accomplished guys on the THPN. So definitely puts out some great work. But the other thing, just the topic of that podcast, like I don't know a ton about the European leagues, but I know they they have like Champions League um, competition similar to soccer does where they take the best teams from all these different European leagues and more or less have like a secondary season um, and tournament with them. So as well as a lot of those leagues still do relegation. So if you're at the bottom of that league, it's not, I mean, they obviously don't really rely on drafts to the extent that the NHL does. So if you don't do well enough, you get bumped down to like league two. Which, Could you imagine if the NHL worked like that? And instead of it being farm teams in the AHL, like if you sucked, if you're the bottom four teams in the league, you go down top four teams in the AHL, come up. And the biggest thing with that too is, is like, think of the money you lose, right? Like, oh, you it'd be devastating. NHL it would team. crumble teams. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, like the Floridas and stuff that are already struggling money wise, mm-hmm. if they all of a sudden get relegated, like, you might not never see that team back into the NHL, which yeah. I don't see that ever happening. Like, which I think is a good would, thing, but it is a cool just, premise. Yeah. Soccer is a different breed over there. You can they, have they a soccer have so team in a small teams. town and it'll yeah. sell out. It's like, it's like high school football in Southern America, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like you could, you could look at doing that with a football league or a baseball league in mm-hmm. the States, but I just don't see the NHL ever doing that. And I mean, it would be pretty tough to get the uh, owners of the league to sign up on that, that it's like, hey, this is the proposal we have. If your team sucks, you just lose millions of dollars. <laughs> like, that's... I mean, it's it would be a cool thing to see, but as being a Oilers fan, we'd be cheering for a team that's like in the ECHL or potentially even like the WHL at this point. So we'll, yeah. uh, we'll see, you know. Yeah, I don't, I don't see that ever happening. But I mean, that's something maybe like, Maybe that's a reason to get more into European hockey, especially with, you know, once the Stanley Cup playoffs is over, we're not going to have hockey for a little while. So catching some of that Swedish hockey league, especially now that we have at least three Oilers over there. And I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see more Oilers move over there as well, Um, especially kind of as things 
get a little bit more solidified as to what the future in North America is going to look like. Hey, speaking of uh, European hockey, I've thought about watching the KHL before. Have you ever thought about venturing into that? So I've, I've never watched any, but I mean, I've definitely like thought about it. I mean, I, th- I think there's no doubting that the KHL is the best or the, sorry, the second best league in the world, just as far as talent level. Obviously there's some, you know, there's some really good, ju- like the junior leagues, like CHL and stuff that is great hockey as well, but kind of a different, a different professional level, right? Like different maturity level. As yeah. far as hockey, I just don't know where to start. Play. I don't know if you can find English streams, where to buy it, or if you can get it for free somewhere. Like it's just, it's a different world. I don't know. I imagine a lot of those. Who like, I would cheer for yeah. more illegal streaming sites that stream NHL hockey. I imagine they have European leagues as well. I thought you were going to say a more illegal site, like a Russian streaming site. I was like, yeah, get your KHL hockey and a fucking hitman or something. Like, what do you do? Yeah, but oh, Dallas uh, just scored again. How my stream froze, can't see it. But yeah, you, uh, you need a, you need but yeah it's bro. something to watch for sure. Um, and and to get word on from him at least for for the off season here that we all know we're going to have an extended one, right? So yeah, well, I mean, hopefully a shortened one, but it'll be the first year since lockouts that we don't really have hockey in October, November for sure, and potentially longer than that. So yeah, it's something i mean i'll be checking that podcast out so check that out on thpn everybody um back to oilers talk a little bit here kyle so not a ton new it's still kind of you know very much we'll see how it plays out but the yesi puyarvi situation um specter tweeted out it's never done until the contract is signed but the oilers and yesi puyarvi have been catching up i expect him to be at camp this fall whenever that may be um it's I was going to pick that apart, but I find it weird that he says, I expect him to be at camp this fall, whenever that may be, even though it might not be in the fall, but whatever. There's there's bigger <laughs> things to chirp Spectre about than that little bit of wording. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know if you have any takes on that, Kyle. Like, I, I'm with Spectre. I mean, I thought Pugliarvi was going to be back with the Oilers this year, um, up until December 1st, and then obviously that didn't happen. It seems like like we talked about on last episode that, you know, those, that, that relationship is mending a little bit. Yes. He seems to have matured. He seems more open to that. So, and obviously the Oilers have a need for a top six right winger. Yamamoto is really the only one in there unless we have, I mean, even dry settle and Nuge when they're on the wing, they're typically on the left. Um, and I think everybody also, when you look at the depth if yes, he can solve that problem, that's obviously to be determined. But being optimistic, if he can, that allows the Zach Cassians and Archibalds to solidify themselves in the bottom six and continue solving that depth problem that the Oilers also have. Do you have any kind of opinions on that one? Or I know we've kind of beat this topic to depth, death. Yeah, I think There's really not much more I, to I think we've talked about it enough that I think we all have the same opinion. Uh, it, obviously, it's going to be better to get a player from within that we drafted. If you can play it, then yeah, let's do it. Save us money that we need to spend on, like we talked about earlier, goaltending or yeah. another Ford, another yeah. defenseman, anything to help this team out right now. So anything that will come from within is is definitely option number one. Yeah. The more I'm looking at it, I, I'm I'm wondering if Ken Holland makes some 
makes a substantial move on the back end as far as defense goes. I'm not talking about like trading Bear or Clefbaum. Like Larson, you mean? I mean, yeah. I could also see Nurse getting moved. I know there's a lot of fans that want to do that. I just, uh, I think you're selling pennies on the dollar if you're looking at trading a Darnell Nurse. But I, th- I think that's the thing that's tough, right? Is like we have those four guys in Clefbaum, Larson, Bear, and Nurse. And then we have Chris Russell, Benning, and a ton of prospects that are looking to make that jump into the, you know, that third pairing. So, I mean, we talked a little bit about Chris Russell potentially getting traded. I don't know. I mean, do you see a nurse trade? Do you think that's feasible? Or do you think, are you with me that you think that's going to be pennies on the dollar and you're not, you're not going to be getting value for him? I I feel like Larson's moved a lot sooner than nurse. Yeah. He only has one year left. There's still time for nurse. There is. Um, Yeah. I I mean, we all see his hockey IQ problems, but he, um, honestly, I'd rather keep Larson to be honest. I would too being a right for like a win now scenario. Yeah. I think the tough thing, I just, I wonder what the offer is back on them. That's, that's all. I mean, New Jersey got fucking Taylor Hall for Larson. Yeah, could we get like Mitch Marner or something? So I'm saying, well, I don't want that contract, but yeah, you know, something like that. Yeah. I'll take Nylander. Take Nylander for Larson. Let's go. One for one. I'd honestly, I'd rather trade. If we were getting Nylander, I'd rather move Nurse. And, and well, not to rip on Darnell. But yeah. I think the biggest thing there is like, I think Larson. If you decide to keep him around, you have a way better chance of keeping that salary feasible where every time a contract's up for nurse, he pushes and pushes and seems to think that he's okay, that guy I that totally agree on that. Million. Like with the Josh Morrissey situation where he should have been getting similar pay to him considering his uh, his numbers were extremely similar and then he ends up getting a boatload. Well, not below, but more than he should have. And yeah, that next contract's scary. It's his prime prime age contract. And I mean, and I he think definitely the good hasn't thing played even after the one that, he's on now. Yeah. I think the good thing about signing Nurse to that two-year deal is with him being 25 right now, you're going to know in that second year what you have in Darnell. But being 25 still having the hockey IQ concerns is exactly that. It's concerning. I mean, I, I don't know if you really have a legit, like, impact top four defenseman there. We all know he can move the puck with his feet. At the same time, it'd be nice if else? he was developed with a, a defenseman that can play. Um, you know, like he's having to mentor Bear right now. Instead of the other way around, yeah. he's still a young defenseman. That's kind of an issue that we've had consistently on our team. I uh, mean, when are they going to bring yeah. up Bouchard? Maybe 32-year-old Evan Bouchard can mentor Stop Nurse a little bit. Shape, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think the thing that worries me is like, as far as the defense, we're still, you know, as if it goes right now, we're still in that situation where we're banking on progression. And... 
you know, you look at Caleb Jones, you look at Ethan Bear, both those guys took step forwards this year, but there's no guarantee that they take another step as well as there's no guarantee that they even don't take a step back. Like we've seen it time and time again, that progression and development is not linear. So that's my fear, right? Like I believe in Ethan Bear. I think he's a really good defenseman, fan favorite. And, and I mean, I'm looking at cop in one of those, um, Cree bear jerseys right now. I'm just waiting for them to come back in stock, but you know, there's no guarantee that he doesn't take a step back. Maybe he's only a third pairing guy next year. Maybe Evan Bouchard isn't ready. Right. And there's definitely no guarantee, but I'm not worried about bear considering how he handled last off season and his resurgence into the roster. Yeah. He was kind of forgotten about and then rededicated himself to hockey and look what it's gave him. I'm, I'm thinking he comes into the next season whenever it happens and he's going to be way better than he was even this year. Even another step forward. Yeah. yeah. That's the hope. I mean, he's 23. He's still got a long ways to go before his prime. So, I mean, that's another contract that's going to be interesting how that goes. I mean, I, I personally think he's got to get a bridge, but I don't know. Maybe Ken Holland does see an opportunity there to get a cheap, little bit more security for Ethan Bear, but with that cap space sitting, you know, just under $10 million, it's going to be tight to give him a, you know, let's say he signs a seven by like 4.5, but that's a, you're eating up a lot of your cap there, but getting back into what kind of got us into this conversation, maybe a contract like that makes um, Chris Russell, you know, be moved there. Which I don't like that either. I mean, I, I think when it looks at, like, you, you need to keep pucks out of your net so, better than they did this year. And Ken Holland alluded to that. I got to pull up Bear here on a. Hold on. Uh, because when we gave Klepp on the contract that he's on now, mm-hmm. he played 77 games with three goals and 20 assists um, and was 22 years old. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking up. Sorry, what Bear's stats are so far in his career. Uh, I mean, the offensive stats isn't really the best way, but I I get what. But you're just doing. just as a comparison, that's he all. Definitely I, I know it's way not more the than same. That, yeah. Uh, 71 games played, five goals, 16 assists. It's actually it's it's the exact same. Oh, shit. three goals, 20 assists, 77 games, 71 games played, five goals, 16 assists. I figured Bear would have had more assists this year, to be honest, but. Maybe I've been playing too much Eastside Hockey Manager and 90 overall, Ethan Bear's been clouding my... <laughs> and that was this season. He played, sorry, he played the year before too. So he's had a total of, what's that, 89 games and 25 points. That was actually the year before that, like two years ago. Sorry, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. 17, 18. He didn't play any last um, year. Yeah, so I mean, uh, that type of contract, I don't think is is unheard of. no. And I think that he's a player that showed the potential that he could be worth it in the long run. But yeah, it's always a gamble. You never know what you're going to get. But at the same time, Clefbaum was too. And, and you know, how much has that contract helped us, right? Our our defense is an issue and he's definitely one of the parts that uh, that is helping us back there. Yeah. I think the thing too, I mean, I might've even brought this up last week too. I'm starting to turn into a broken record there, Kyle, but um when you look at teams that are really successful, they have several contracts where 
those guys are giving more value than what they get paid. So mm-hmm. when you look at us, I mean, Clefbaum is for sure. Obviously, our ELCs, like Jones I mean, and David Bear. David and Dreisaitl, you, you can say are, even though they get paid a boat. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, both those guys are providing more value. Nuge would probably get a big, like a, not a big, but a, a bit of a raise from his $6 million. Yeah. And then, I mean, after that, you look down the roster and it's really like Riley Shahan at 900000 Yamamoto, who's an ELC, like I said. Tyler Ennis at 800000 Like, there's some guys, but you don't, there's not enough, especially when you look at how many guys are making more money than they bring to the table. So it's going to be key for Ken Holland to try and navigate, and especially in this flat cap, like we said, to try and, you know, get a little bit more of those value contracts. And I mean, getting, bringing back this circle to Ethan Bear, although not immediately. Maybe signing him to a seven-year deal for, like, if you could get that down to 4.3 for seven years. Now, I have no idea if Bear signs that. Like, if he really believes in himself, he's, even on a two-year bridge, he's, he's probably getting, like, He's fighting for a bridge. It helps him out, yeah. Yeah. It's like, that's, you know, you're taking less than 50% of that for two years and then to renegotiate. But, I don't know, it's tough to say. Like, it, that, that comes down to a personal decision obviously and i mean we obviously don't know ethan bear personally so i have no idea if he's going to want that security or if he's going to want to hold out for that payday but let's uh let's talk about goalies and then let's get out of here so you know digging into stats a little bit kyle not only am i a lot more confident in koskinen as our 1a option i'm starting to slip a little bit where i really think we need to look elsewhere than mike smith and I mean, I think the tough thing is both guys had were streaky this year and Mike Smith's bad stretches are with, you know, very obviously bringing his numbers down. But Mike Smith was very much a replacement level backup goalie this year. And I think for what the goalie market's going to look like this year, well, outside of the Markstroms and the Holpies, you don't have a lot of studs that you can bring in. I mean, you could throw Leonard in there, but I think there's going to be a lot of those guys that are the one B backup types that there's just not going to be very much money for them on the, on the market. And I know I was mentioning to you, Kyle off air that, um, Friedman had mentioned to expect the Oilers to take a look at Thomas Grice, who is the backup goalie for the Islanders below Varlamov and put up I mean, fairly decent numbers on a team that, although we think of them as defensive, me and Kyle talking about this before, they gave up a swack load of shots, add as well as high danger chances this year. So, I mean, where where are you? Where do you sit on that? Do you, are you? Would you be happy to bring Smith back on another one year deal, say a million dollars with performance bonuses, or are you thinking we should look elsewhere? I mean, uh, it depends what one of these goalies is going to take term-wise. Like, there's not really a lot of good ones. I wish we had the money to chase down Leonard. Me too. 
Yeah, I mean, Thomas Grease is the is the best of the bunch in his numbers. I mean, yeah, they're okay, but they're not. I mean, they're an improvement. They're, they're not showstopper. Like they're they're almost as similar as Smith. Like it's. I mean, Smith had a nine hundred save percentage this year, and Grice had a nine thirteen. Yeah, this... I, I, I he played better for sure, but yeah, it's just. I mean, I. I mean, I did the I did the numbers before too when we were talking about it, right? Even though they faced similar shots as a team as the Oilers, when they had Grice and Net, they were averaging twenty eight shots a game, so they were tightened up when he was backstopping them. Yeah. Whereas Smith, we know, like there were several games where he got freaking peppered. I mean, but we also like the Oilers also did that with Smith, where like looking at the high danger scoring chances above average. Costin, sorry. No, like, so high danger scoring chances against above league average. Koskinen is, uh, sorry, give me one second here. I don't know, I just, I'm not giving that guy a multi-year contract. His numbers this year are better than his or they're out of his average. Sorry, yeah, they're they're nine fifteen over his career. <sighs> Man, I don't know, Me, dude. It's, Miko faces like seven point two high yeah. danger chances against above average, and over the that's over the season. And Mike Smith had ten point six below league average as far as high danger scoring chances, and that's like fourth lowest in the league for goalies that average or that have over 500 minutes played. Excuse me. If truly Arby comes I, back, can we go after Hudobin? Yeah. I'll I mean, take the I $8 million dollars I, on goalies. Yeah. I think I know Holland said that in the past that he doesn't, he doesn't like investing that much in goalies. No, I don't think anybody does. I think the league average is somewhere around six for both. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. It's uh yeah, I, I I guess like Grace is the best one there, right? Uh, that isn't already a starter. Above him on the list is Markstrom, Murray, Leonard, Howard, Crawford, Holtby. And if we talked before about Jimmy Howard, played 27 games, got two wins. He definitely didn't have the team in front of him, but that's a hard, hard player to take a run at, even though Holland knows him. Craig Anderson's 40. Yeah. I mean, he's he's the best one of the bunch that is not a yeah, I, I, dude. It's such a hard call for a backup goaltender because we don't have like is Starrett or Skinner isn't coming up here, unfortunately. No. As much as it would be nice, Kinovalov's uh, not coming over for another year. Yeah. So yeah, I I, I think it comes down like Smith if he takes a one year could be more ideal even though he's not the best backup um it it did work out for most of the regular season with them rotating through rather than giving two to three to another guy Um, i think smith is a fine plan b like i I really expect holland to look elsewhere Um, yeah yeah. but you probably loop back to him because i mean based off smith's numbers i really can't see teams being aggressive towards him at the start of free agency I think like you he's probably get him for half we had him this around. season for. Huh. What's that? 
you probably get him close to half as what we had this season. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing is like, you probably get him for like under 1.5 for sure. Give, and, and give him a give similar him bonus structure where it's games. Played. Yeah. 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 Which I think he only, I think he had one bonus, like the 30 game or whatever bonus, which was fairly cheap. But the other thing before we get out of here, Kyle, just as far as goalies go, um, I brought this up to you off air, but I really wonder if the Pittsburgh Penguins situation is something that you can take advantage of. So they go into the last expansion draft knowing they were going to lose Marc-Andre Fleury. There's another expansion draft coming up and you have Tristan Jari as well as Matt Murray. And third behind them is Casey DeSmith. And Casey DeSmith in 50 games played over the last two years has a 917 and a 266. Um, save percent or save percentage and goals against average. Now, I don't know what those guys cost as far as um sending back the other way, but Casey DeSmith, for instance, makes 1.25 million for the next two years, where that would be a really nice stopgap. Where personally, I think I think Koskinen can play 50 games. So I look at Casey DeSmith and I'm like you know, assuming health and assuming he doesn't have regression, those numbers, like that's a guy that can play 30 games a year. And it buys you two years on a pretty, you know, reasonable contract for a 1B or or backup goalie. And that gives you time for the Rodrigues, Skinners, Kinovalovs, Askarov maybe. Give some time for those guys to develop and, you know, give Ken Holland a little bit better idea. But as, as it sounds right now, I guess my biggest takeaway is I know the Koskinen contract isn't loved and it was given out too early and, and too much money, but at the end of the day, he played up to it this year. So going into next year, we've got to hope that that continues. And I, I mean, it's got to. Like if, if Koskinen can't be at least a 1A goalie, we're going to be in trouble paying that much money with a flat cap. But, like, what do you do if you're Pittsburgh? Do you sit on those three guys? Or knowing you have three capable ones, you're likely going to lose one next summer. Like, you got to move one of them. Well, I think you're going to see one moved anyways. Pittsburgh kind of has a rebuild that they're going to have to make. A yeah, small one. They have players there. Yeah. Yeah. They can still work with Crosby and Vulcan. But, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's somewhere that you could attack for sure. Um, there's a move to be made there. Uh, I'd be happy with the Smith. I'd be happy with Murray backstopping us, but uh, both uh, Jari and Murray, I should mention to our uh, RFAs this summer or this off season. Yeah. So and the Smith really is 29, so paid. he's he's a bit up there, but he's uh, yeah, I think he's a good target to chase. I'd be happier with him than I would the other people we've mentioned. Yeah, me too. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what that costs. I mean, I think one one of those goalies are getting moved. So, and then, like I said, both those guys being RFAs and probably fairly sought after. I just, it, the, the goalie market's going to be tough, like, for these goalies personally. I really don't see other than, you know, the Holpies, where I could see a team like Detroit going after a guy like that. Markstrom's going to get paid. Hudobin's probably going to get a middle tier goalie contract in the 
you know, three and a half to five and a half million range, especially depending on how this, uh, the rest of the playoffs goes for him. But after that, I don't see very many goalies making much money. Yeah. It's just the most expendable department for these teams that are going to try and save money. We agree. But yeah, we will be back next week. That's it for us. Any closing thoughts or anything for you, Kyle? Uh, Go Dallas, go. Is that the team you're jumping on the bandwagon for? (laughs) No, no, no. I'm cheering for Vegas throughout this playoffs now, but. I have I a tough want... time cheering for anyone in the um, Pacific, to be honest. My girlfriend just cheers for Vegas, so that's the only reason I'm doing it. I'm jumping on the Colorado bandwagon and the Tampa bandwagon in the East. So that's what I'm kind of rooting for. But honestly, I'm not going to be staying up late to watch these games. But hopefully there's not too many 1030 Eastern games left. It'll get better as it goes on, I think. Yeah, I hope so. Oh, before we leave, I should mention that uh, Lost Oilers 50-50 is getting announced this week. Someone is taking home half of 14.3 mil. Fuck, man. They're still doing 50-50s? No, that was like left over from the last game. They had like serious issues with their system and stuff and couldn't do the draw. Okay, okay, okay. So they got it all sorted and... I know yeah, my mom was saying that she got like so crazy. Yeah. There was so many issues like this, but where it was like, I think she was trying to buy fifty dollars worth of tickets for like oh, and it charged like three, three different times. people. Yeah. yeah, and then when she put it in, yeah. it would like crash and not go to the error, and then so she'd go in again and do it, and then she had like three hundred bucks worth of charges. Yeah, for I all those times that, that it was times. crashing, but it was still registering. So, but yeah, man, somebody's gonna be. Whew, pretty lucky and pretty happy coming next week we weren't able God to buy damn, any because we're not in Alberta but... yeah should have got my brother to get me some but whatever that's insane dude that's that's crazy for one province you'll that's be literally making more than Milan Lucic for a year <laughs> <laughs> anyways that's it for us thank you very much for listening to another episode of the oil country podcast You can check out previous episodes at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com as well as subscribe through Spotify, any of the stuff you guys already probably know because you're listening to this episode. But subscribe and check out previous episodes. We will see you guys on Monday. Have a great week, everybody.